So I'm so excited to have the brilliant, the beautiful, the amazing Miss Queenie Johnson. Um, she's an incredible educator. Uh, she is the brains behind the School for Brilliant Thinkers. Okay, we all need that. From ages seven to 77, perform better. Um, she's been a very experienced teacher. She's a celebrity friend to Brandy. Okay, uh, stop being jealous, guys, because I'm going to share with you. Um, somebody that I do truly look up to in terms of being a great teacher. So excited to have Queenie Johnson here. She's taught me so much about what it means to be a good teacher. Welcome, Queenie. How are you doing? Hey, hey. how are you guys doing out there? How are you doing, Lee? Yeah, doing great. I'm excited. So um, how did you decide to be a teacher? I decided to be a teacher. Okay, so do you all remember those, like, maybe I'm dating myself here, but they have these books when you're a kid and your parent would put, like, pictures from every school year, and then mm. they would say, like, what do you want to be? And the kid mm. would say what they wanted to be. I've mm. always wanted to be a teacher. So mm. teaching for me is not a default career. It is my chosen profession. Mm almost like a calling and a vocation it's like something I was mm -hmm. called to but even as a kid I remember sitting in class watching the TA write so perfect on the board imagining mm -hmm. I do that for my own class uh, awesome so when you first got started you have a really interesting background because I love your history lessons you say it in such a like it's it's so impactful and it stays with you so like you kind of started out like how was it starting out for you as a teacher so honestly, I started at, so the truth is I've always wanted to be a teacher, but my senior year of college, I don't know, I just had like this little breakdown, like, what am I going to do in life? Mm -hmm. Can I be a teacher? And this was the time where um, Bush administration had instituted No Child Left Behind. And so you- Ooh. What do you think about that? I'm curious. We can't get into Bush and No Child Left okay. Behind. <laughs> difficult to ensure okay. that child is okay. left behind. <laughs> on different days to class but outside of that um that senior year I was like having this I don't know senioritis whatever you call it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I, I couldn't figure out what I was going to do now this is the kid who's always known what he wanted to do mm. and I um what ended up happening is I got a job as a resource teacher at a um at an institution that services children who have been either abused or awarded to the state, abused by their family and awarded to the state. And so it was a non-public school and I was gonna be the resource teacher for the school. Now this is really important to my story because my very first job, they didn't have a job description. Mm -hmm. All they had was a grant and they knew they needed this position. So then they brought me in. I was probably mm -hmm. eight, 20 something at the time. They mm -hmm. brought me and, and I was able to design my own job mm. description, right? And so for me, this this is like the entry point to the world where I believe in choice. I believe mm -hmm. in and choose your career and choose how you want to do life. And so mm -hmm. I'll talk about this later, but this is mm -hmm. really important to my story. And so once I did that, I couldn't do that anymore because these kids were drugged up, Lee. Wow. They, I mean, they had so many emotional issues so they would drug them up and it was just so sad to see or they just had mm -hmm. such um a lot of them were oppositional defiant children mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. had rooms that you would put them in and they would just be banging on the walls mm -hmm. and after a while you're like I, don't, I can't watch this anymore mm -hmm. right. so what I ended up doing was I started working at a charter school that had a, a background and a philosophy and nonviolent communication. And it was Ooh. based 
humanistic and constructivism, right? So meaning constructivist where you construct the learning environment with the children, whereas mm-hmm. traditional classroom is more behavior-based, which mm-hmm. means you use a management style to control the children and it's the teacher's way or the high wage. Mm-hmm. Generally. Interesting. Yeah, sorry. What's a charter school again? I so a school yeah. essentially basically is granted a charter to start a school that's directed by, like, say, a fam- uh, parents want to come and start a school in a neighborhood. They go mm-hmm. petition the local district to mm-hmm. basically start and run their own school. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but that's the best little mm-hmm. situation. It's not a public school. It's basically like a colony of the charter of the public mm-hmm. school. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's cool. Wow. So um, what do you think is like the funniest thing a student has ever done in your classroom? The funniest thing? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the fun, I don't know if you guys will find this funny, but it probably as you can tell. Probably. Yeah, I'm just, African- yeah, we want to know. I'm African-American, and I love history, as Lee spoke about earlier. And so I remember, this is first grade, right? Like, can mm-hmm. first and second grade kids. And we were watching a little video clip, and one of my white students realizes that racism isn't over and he mm-hmm. stands up and he says i thought mm-hmm. martin Luther king handled that was- <laughs> <laughs> that is funny that's hilarious <laughs> oh my god ever because he was like so pure and so confused he was just like what i thought martin Luther king handled that <laughs> that's hilarious oh my god that is so funny because i it's funny i have a bit on martin luther king in my stand-up as well um, I just say like, cause I did a whole bunch of like really terrible things on stage. And then I follow up with like, cause I do like a racist joke. Right. And then I okay. say like, well, um, if you guys forget everything, uh, just remember what Martin Luther King Jr. Said, uh, <laughs> judge a man, not by the content of his character, uh, but the uh, content of his wallet. So, oh no, yeah. The skin, the skin color. Yeah. So, um, but that's hilarious. Yeah. Any other stories? I like it. I love teacher stories uh- from the other side. Uh, another one along the same lines is like one of my black students he's like biracial right mm-hmm. we're sitting mm-hmm. on the carpet again first grade mm-hmm. and something about like oh if they knew their ethnicity and the kids were like I'm black I'm mm-hmm. this I'm mm-hmm. that and he's looking at his skin color and he's mm-hmm. just like because hey, he's he's like your complexion Lee he's like okay. I know if I'm black and he's just mm-hmm. like looking at himself super confused and all the kids mm-hmm. are like you're black you're mm-hmm. black so I go and I tell his mom that afternoon, I think she's like Hawaiian or something. Mm. Dad's black. And she was like, he knows he's black. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is funny. So literal at that age, their skin isn't black. So that's funny. So like, what's your favorite age, age range to teach? Um, you know what? I like him anywhere older than kindergarten. Honestly, so I why, talk- what is kindergarten? Like why? Uh, kindergarten is so cute and it's so but my temperament and my patience uh just does not match with a kindergarten class because they're like teacher 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 all day long and I I just mm -mm. I can do first grade and up and it's amazing Mm. growth happens between kinder and first grade Mm. so yeah Mm. so like what is the funniest thing you've done in a classroom I don't know if I have any fun. I'm not funny. Cause dude. you're, yeah. Cause you're such a good teacher. So I feel like, uh, uh cause you're such a good teacher. So I feel like, oh, uh, this is my theory. It's hard for people who are very responsible 
to be fun. You know what I mean? Because funny people are insane. Like, I have this guy, I interviewed a high school teacher, and uh-huh. uh, he was kicked out of high school twice. And oh uh, he, yeah, and then he was teaching high school for 27 years. And I work with him, and he is, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, he's, uh, there's better employees than him, but he's <laughs> hilarious. You know what I mean? Like, because I feel like if the you are, the less crazy and funny you can be. At least that's, that's yeah, my theory. Anyway. You have to ask people, like, you know, I think people think I'm funny, but I'm not trying to be funny. You know that's the best funny, though. Like, the <laughs> unintentional humor, I think that's, a, that's the funniest thing. You um, know what? Another funny thing, Lee, I was one time I was at the board teaching, right? Uh-huh. And the kids were whispering, and then they started cackling. I'm like, well, what's so funny? And then yeah. one of the students goes, She said your butt is so big. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god god, that's hilarious like I love them so I've taught just for the audience I have taught older grades but that first and second those kids (laughs) earnest things you know what I mean that's hilarious so like you did you teach before you became a parent or did you teach after you became a parent so the funny thing is I'm not a parent right and people think that I am a parent oh man why do I think that Man. I just think because oh, I, I'm sorry. Oh, I feel bad. I didn't do my. We've known each other for you know. Why do I? Think that? I'm no, sorry. I, I'm I, sorry. I, okay. But I advocate for children so much. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, do you feel like what advice would you give for parents these days? These days, I mean, that's like what? How would you solve world hunger, Queenie? It's like (laughs) start with the most like angriest thing you want to solve, and then what? Uh, Yeah, I just really so. Why are parents so shitty? That's maybe that's a better question. I will never one. I don't think enough parents or adults who are raising children realize that whatever vibrations or energy you're carrying, your child brings that into a classroom. Mm. By the time children are typically in fifth grade, they've generally decided who they're going to be. And that personality you can tell um, generally is going to be, is going to work in their favor or it's not going to work in their favor. And they're going to spend all 20s undoing that behavior right so if insecure you're walking around as an insecure adult adult or an Mm -hmm. adult who complains all the time or an adult Mm -hmm. angry um Mm -hmm. all of that is depositing to your child so you just need to um the second thing is that children can be held more responsible than a lot of parents allow them to be and what i mean Mm -hmm. by is when I worked at the charter school so you have to understand when I went from the non-public school the school that like was drugging kids up and mm. they were oppositional defiant when I went from mm. that paradigm to a paradigm where we didn't have we didn't have um, textbooks per se we designed all the curriculum we created units of study with our students mm. mind, with their interests and with their passion so when I went from from one paradigm to the other, it opened my eyes into what children are capable of. And I had mm. kindergartners and first graders who they would come into class and they would, and our question would be, what's your plan for the day? Oh, so, and then what would they say? I mean, okay. I don't even know. Sometimes 
I don't have a phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. what I say. <laughs> yeah. So um, their plan for the day would be to like say they're going to work on counting by tens. And then oh, it's like, well, wow. what's your plan for how to count? How are you going to practice mm-hmm. that? Some kids would say, I'm going to use blocks. Some kids would say, I'm going to go on the swing and I'm going to count the number of swings I do. Whatever. Can you raise my kids? You're <laughs> drinking. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it was such an eye opener. I was so young to realize, like, wow, children really know what they need to do. Children like mm-hmm. being on top of their shit. And that's one thing that a lot of adults don't understand. Children don't like to slack. Mm-hmm. Like, if. Wow. If a kid has a pin in their mouth, right? Mm-hmm. A parent would normally say, take that pin out of your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And a kid yeah. would look at you and go, but why? As soon as you, uh... tell, as soon as you tell a kid that pin has ink in it and that ink is mm-hmm. going to be damaging to your body, the kid's going to mm-hmm. take it out of their mouth and say, well, why didn't you? Uh... So mm-hmm. it's about respecting children and respecting that they have a point of view. Wow. So, That's so, so powerful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that changed, I think that changed lives right there, what you said. That's amazing. So um, you brought up this term like oppositional defiant. Um, I, can, you, can you explain what that means and like how do you deal with a child who I think is like that? What's your best advice? If you have children who have oppositional defiant disorder, right? So that means that they just have, they're just very, very difficult to deal with those mm. children so they can be irritable moody they can be argumentative they can be very aggressive don't mm. take this for just children who are going through their stages like odd mm. and throw chairs they can there's wow. a right to where you just need to really get some support so if your child is experiencing odd this is where you want to enroll like a family therapist and really get mm. some assessment for what's going on with the child with the child why they're carrying that type of energy. Wow, that's amazing. So um, what do you feel like teachers are missing right now? Because I see a lot of protests. I see like, you know, teachers are constantly underfunded. Like, um, what do you think is missing for teachers in America? Um, What I think is missing for people in America is an understanding of what public school teachers are dealing with, Mm -hmm. right? So... In America, we have a, a startling number of children who are coming to school who are homeless. We have a children who are coming to school in the foster care system. You have a lot of um, immigrants. You're immigrants yourself, so you have a, a whole bunch of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of children who are coming from dysfunctional families, right? Mm-hmm. So in years in the past, teachers were responsible for delivering, quote-unquote, a curriculum, mm-hmm. uh, arithmetic, you know, math, all of those mm-hmm. things. Um, mm-hmm. Now, teachers are charged with managing all of that before they can even get to the curriculum mm, yeah. right children are right. coming free and this is just public schools right so mm-hmm. if i was in a public school just understand that teachers are inundated with so much and then the state is saying kids need to perform at this level and that level and it's like well when you're a child and you haven't been fed if you don't mm-hmm. even have a washing machine to wash your clothes mm-hmm. it's very difficult for a child to perform so just understand that teachers are up against a lot of things um Mm -hmm. have now become the dumping grounds for where all of the issues of america fall on Mm -hmm. on teachers what i want teachers to understand is that 
teachers need to be more empowered on these campuses to support um, where children are at. They have way too much homework. Teachers are teaching way too much curriculum in a school year. And children are overwhelmed and children have a lot of fear of failure. So I, that's what I want people to know from all sides. That's so good. Like if you ruled like the Board of Education, like what would you do? Um, one of the first things I would do is, is I would cut down the amount of things we're asking children to remember in a school mm. year. Why? Um, it's impossible. They, they can't memorize any of it. They're not learning, right? Mm. They're just being, it's like a banking system of education. One of my favorite mm. philosophers, philosophers is Paulo Freire. And he talks about the banking type of where I'm supposed to have, I'm the queen of everything. I know all the information. Mm. This is the teacher and I deposit it and you, the kid are supposed to get it. Mm. That's not how you can't have a textbook with 20 chapters in math and English and this and that and expect mm. a kid to get it. It doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. So that's really great. Thank you for sharing that. And um, what would you advise for parents? Okay, because I come from a Chinese culture where like yeah. we look at teachers as gods. And when I came to America, when I started volunteering for like, um, like an Oakland school, um, like I think I forgot it was first or second grade, this kid was just running around and the teacher could do nothing. Like he was hiding into the cupboards. He was running around like crazy. And like, she could not discipline him at all. If this yeah. happened in China, this kid would be dead. Not because of the teacher or either the teacher would kill him or the parent kill him. So like, yeah. what are your thoughts on like how to develop better relationships with like parents and how can parents make you, your life easier so that the kid has the best outcome? Like, what are your thoughts on like discipline and getting through to the children without resorting to uh, violence. Cause I had urges of violence when I was, when I was volunteering. I was like, you really can't do anything. Uh, but yeah, she was like, yeah, sorry, I can't do anything. So what are yeah, I think that personal experience is something that not enough people recognize. Like my last year of teaching, I just mm -hmm. didn't want to deal with that anymore mm -hmm. where you have a kid who hijacks the class. Right. Yeah. And it's, that so unfair to the other kids mm -hmm. this is the issue across the country the behavior the morale mm -hmm. yes just the mm -hmm. respect that mm -hmm. teachers have in our society that's another mm -hmm. issue. teachers should be as honored as we are honoring these police officers it's mm -hmm. just like um they should be able to board planes first they should be it mm -hmm. should be such a highly um prized position and mm -hmm. at the same time it should be a position where teachers respect families and mm. all and so you're asking really good good questions lee i don't have the answers my answer was to leave i just <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do now that's me being funny right there i don't know yeah, I don't that's what i love <laughs> uh oh my did you quit in epic fashion did you just like um <laughs> Did you, I, I'm sure you you quit professionally, but like, how did how did if you're at liberty to say? Yeah, yeah. So they offered me a re contract renewal, and I was just like, I have other things I want to do. I want to travel the world. Am I feel like it's I feel like I'm a bigger teacher than just teaching in these four walls. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They had like the president of the um, board come and talk to me to see mm -hmm. if she could shift my mind, and it was mm -hmm. like. Oh, I'm okay. So that's how I left. Um, and I think a lot, there's a lot of attrition in the field of teaching yeah. because of all of these issues that 
people don't really realize. If you step in a classroom and you saw it firsthand, you want to, sometimes you feel that like nobody is dealing with this. What can I do? And that's why you're seeing teachers. I just saw a case the other day where teacher knocked a student out and they were in there fighting, what? right? Wow. You just How old is a teacher? How old is a student? Um, I don't know. Probably she looked like between her 30, late, late 30s, early 40s. And this is like a high school student. And the teacher just swung. And because I'm a teacher, I knew that this kid has been wearing her down all year. I Uh, like you just know it. But I'm not endorsing violence. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just <laughs> those very tempting. I yeah, I, I understand. So, like, do you have any tips for teachers dealing with bureaucracy, or would you say it's the same thing? Also, leave if you're not happy with it, because I know so much drama from like teachers fighting with like principals and cutting programs, especially now. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah, my recommendation is get clear on your own personal values and really find a school district that aligns with your personal values, right? Mm. So a lot of bureaucracy is, uh, comes down to big school districts like LAUSD or New mm. York. So, but if you're in a smaller um, area and you can find a school system that really works for your values, then do that. If not, then move on and realize there's other jobs within the field of education. Mm. Like Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. you know curriculum designer you can work um as a specialist so there's other roles that you can fill outside of the classroom perfect i think i feel like you're saving teachers right now but people were listening like oh yeah i can do this can do that yeah. so many things because you do that now so can you share with us like what you do now yeah so when i left the classroom i got very clear on what my values were and mm-hmm. for me um teaching children how to think is the mm-hmm. most important thing yes. so mm-hmm. at least i run the school for brilliant thinkers and mm-hmm. um, specializing in teaching people how to think and perform better, whether it's in the classroom, at work, or in business. And so right mm-hmm. now, I do manage um, the children of celebrities. I manage some of their children's uh, academics. So I get to work one-on-one with them and mm-hmm. deliver tutoring. I get to act as an educational advocate for them at the school level. So I can go in and I can tell a teacher, like, what you're doing doesn't work for this oh, student, how wow. I need to change it. And so I get to do that. But the great thing about my profession is I get to create it, right? So I get to mm, create yes. mm-hmm. coaching. Um, and that's the one thing I learned from my students when I was teaching first and second grade. So when I quit teaching, I was teaching a fifth, sixth grade uh, combo class. And I was also teaching a seventh and eighth grade history class. Wow. And so, um, But the one thing I learned from my first and second grade students is that they were so creative and they um, like one of my students built a business in class. Wow. What was that about? What, what business did they build? It was called, I remember this, this is almost 10 years ago. She built KBK and it was called Kelsey brand Kelsey. And she said, she wrote a little note. She said, today I started Kelsey KBK and I employed Hannah and she listed all her friends that she employed to do different jobs. And so, Mm -hmm. For me, it's like, that's the type of creativity I want to always have in my life, variety mm, yes. um, that the children possess. So I live. That's through. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you also, you, you said celebrity children. So I'm very curious. You actually know Brandy. So how, how did that happen? How did this come about? 
So Brandy actually, Brand, for those of you who don't know, Brandy, the R&B Grammy Award winning uh, number one. She just has the number one urban radio song in the country recently. Nice. Oh, um, recently? Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, what song yeah. is it? Um, I forget the name of the song, but something she did with Daniel Caesar. Um, and so Brandy saw me working with a couple other stars' children. So I also managed um, the children of Cedric the Entertainer and who is the king of comedy. For those of you who Mm -hmm. don't know, you should know Mm -hmm. Cedric the Entertainer. And um, I was also working with Omar and Keisha Epps. So Omar Entertainer and Keisha Epps was in the girl group Toto um, from Bad Boy back in the day in the 90s. So um, she saw me working with the kids and so... I got connected that way. And so I started working with her daughter. Awesome. So do you feel like celebrities parent their children similarly to regular people or you feel like they're a little bit different? So I think it depends on the type of celebrity, right? Like Mm -hmm. um, I've been dealing with um, high profile, like African-American celebrities, right? So Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. Hollywood and these people come from not having anything. So they parent very Mm -hmm than maybe a distant other type of ethnicity parent could parent. So they're hands on with their kids. Like they want to know everything. I have to communicate everything with their children. Now, what I will say, like I had Stevie Wonder's kid in my class one year. Wow. So I would do, we have these meetings with Stevie Wonder to, you know, just go over like you would with any parent and Mm -hmm. Stevie was so hands on. He wanted to know everything. So you would think someone, travel so much he's mm-hmm. like no, you need to let me know I want to wow. be everything you know awesome so I was not sure whether or not to thank you so much for sharing that that's amazing um mm-hmm. I'm gonna risk it uh so what do you think of T.I. checking his daughter's hymen I think that's Origin. crazy you know it's so, so <laughs> remember guys, I had to ask sorry yeah I wanted to know what your thoughts are on it a really good conversation so as a brilliant mm-hmm what I advocate is really checking our own personal bias so typically we'll hear something and we'll Mm -hmm. react and usually we're acting out of our opinion but what Mm -hmm. I want to leave everyone with is this idea of as a brilliant thinker we have our opinion and then just step back from your opinion and go okay let me look at this so Mm -hmm. my so opinion is like that's crazy right mm-hmm. but however as a brilliant thinker I go well he's a guy who grew up in the hood who grew up in gangs who's really parenting out of fear so this is mm-hmm. a great conversation his a uh, his parenting out of pe- fear is he doesn't want his child to to be one of the girls that he's dealt with in his lifetime right mm-hmm. and so he's taking these extreme measures but in his mind b- based on his experience He's, he's a great father. He's father of the mm. year from his mm. perspective and what he's been mm-hmm. dealing with, right? Yeah. So as a brilliant thinker, we go, oh, okay, wow. The other side of a brilliant thinker goes, well, how can we educate him to mm. help him see that he's operating in these controlling, patriarchal, blah, 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 blah type of ways? And so I think that if as a society, we move past opinion into mm-hmm really thoughtful dialogue and discourse and high quality thinking we will all be better as people that's amazing I that's couldn't have said that. incredible I love it so like um I the reason why I love bringing guests like you on is because you have a different perspective so I feel like do you feel that um like children of color do you feel like they need extra help in terms of like building their self-esteem like 
um, in terms of dealing with uh, uh, American society? Like, what would you, what advice would you give? Let me just leave it broad like that. Yeah, I think that that's a great question, Lee. And one of the things I say is like, you can take like Chinese culture, you can take even Jewish culture. And one of the things, even though these are quote unquote minority groups in America, mm-hmm. yes. you all still have, you still have such an insulated opportunity to hold on to your cultural identity, right? right. Through ritual, through, you know, Chinese school, Hebrew mm-hmm. school, those yes. type of things, right? Mm-hmm. And even without seeing yourself in the textbooks, mm-hmm. you have community. There's Chinatown, yes. all of that to reinforce. Now, yes. that mm-hmm. me saying that doesn't mean that you still don't need to see images of yourself in the textbook. The difference mm-hmm. with African-American in, in this country, which I think that most people don't understand, is mm-hmm. that America has always thrived off of damaging images of african-american so like say a chinese person you may not see them in the textbook but you also don't see chinese people throttled across the media like mm-hmm. being seen as like these yeah. things hyper whatever mm-hmm. yeah I understand. right mm-hmm. so children need to see themselves when children don't see themselves or they only see themselves for or in our case we mm-hmm. show up in textbooks as what a, a, a slave <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the, that's how we show up there's slavery, there's uh, Abraham Lincoln who quote unquote abolished slavery, mm-hmm. and then voila, Martin Luther King had a dream, and Rosa Parks sat on the bus, and that's the end of that situation. And that's really not how any of that happened, right? And so mm-hmm. when these children don't have these images, they disassociate from themselves, they have higher rates of um, anxiety, mm-hmm. and they're dealing with so much trauma daily in the classroom because their identity is being targeted every single day whereas other minority groups even though we're not talking about it their identity isn't being targeted that was a long answer but it's a good yeah it's very good because i really wanted to know what your thoughts are on it because i feel like you see it all the time so i really appreciate that so my question is like um maybe this is just a personal opinion i guess so it's like would you prefer us to okay maybe this is a better question how would you prefer us to like open up a conversation about race that's not in from like a hostile place, but from like an understanding angle without being, how do I say this? I like, would you rather somebody from a different race ask you a question about it privately or not talk about it unless it is brought up to us because I feel like because of internet culture mm-hmm. I have a lot of different friends and when I have an opinion I, I do uh I don't know what to expect I guess but I do know there's going to be people who agree and disagree yeah and I decided to not post anything uh that is not related to comedy because of the reactions that I've gotten and I understand where they're coming from but I I'm kind of at a loss where it's like, I want to start a conversation, but I'm scared to start a conversation. So should I start a conversation or should I not start a conversation or keep it private? Uh, does that make any sense? Like, I'm... Uh, yeah, I think it's that what, really yeah. questions and really what it comes down to is your personal discretion, right? Like, mm-hmm. I have yeah, exactly. uh, white friends who will inbox me things like, can I say the N-word if I'm just singing along? No, that's just no. Just, no. Right? But... <laughs> right remember as a brilliant thinker immediate reaction Mm -hmm. no that's just no right so and i could say no but i also said 
does that really align with your values? Do you really mm-hmm. need word nigga? Like, is that what you need to say it? What do you, what's so interesting to you about it, right? Mm-hmm. And the other side of it is that, yeah, Black people need to be more responsible. Why are we incorporating that word into the song? So there's, mm-hmm. there's all these, um, these contradictions that exist within all of these things, whether it's sexism, racism, uh, gender, like gender norms and all these things. Mm-hmm. I say, be thoughtful, know your personnel, know who you're dealing with. There are people of color who don't want to be the representative for everybody. Else. There are other yeah, people of absolutely. color who are willing to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. I don't mind having them. Um, and I think there's a way to talk about racism. Generally, absolutely. the way I talk about it is from a like from this place that racism is a mindset that all of us have been taught, and especially um, white people who want to understand racism and the first thing you go to is but I'm not racist and I want everybody to know there's been a billion dollar advertisement campaign for everybody every white person to be racist so unless you've done some intense work to undo what billion dollar corporations and campaigns have done everybody has a mindset of that so now instead Mm -hmm. of saying i'm not racist go oh well how can i really start undoing some of the socialization and indoctrinization because that's not Mm -hmm. what i want to be able to do i don't want to operate and that's Mm -hmm. a more healthy way so that if a person is white listening to this you don't get guilty you get more so like informative and go get Mm -hmm. curious Mm -hmm. yeah that's so good so what would you say to like um children uh, I guess your students, right? Like, what would you say to your students in terms of, like, life advice, growing up, going through adversity? What would you like them to know? Um, I, so there's two things. I want to kind of divert from your question. So one time mm-hmm. we I had, um, this was like when all the, the police shootings were happening, mm-hmm. and um, I was teaching predominantly white class. This is my fifth, sixth grade in a, my seventh, eighth grade group. And um, one of the kids came in to me and said, uh, Ms. Johnson, um, my mom said that if, if the people would just obey the police officers, then there wouldn't be a problem, right? So in that moment, I'm, I'm a Black person, mm-hmm. I'm a Black woman, but I'm also a teacher, mm-hmm. right? So I have three identities to navigate through, and right. I don't have time to navigate it Mm -hmm. so if I tell her she's wrong then I'm putting her against her mom yeah right you know Mm -hmm. so as a teacher in that moment I go no babe your mom is absolutely right we do want people to obey the law we do Mm -hmm. want people to follow through and Mm -hmm. we want the system that we've set up which is you take a criminal to jail we just need them to make it to the jail cell we just don't want the police officers to decide that Mm -hmm. right so it's so good I love it that's type of that's the type of conversations that we need to be having so that my white student walks away going oh we are holding them responsible but we're also holding police officers who take the law into their own hand responsible mm. just that's like so I, good yeah you know mainly mm-hmm. so how would i talk to children who are having problems right now children mm-hmm. are um the amount of suicide attempts happening with these young kids, the amount of depression. These children are faced with so much more because they have the internet at their tips. They have yes. mm-hmm. at their tips. And so one of the things I would say to parents is find a village member who can be an Oz Bosman. How do you say that word? I think it's how, how uh, it's put. I don't know. I'm ESL. I, I have no idea. What, that, <laughs> what, what is what is Oz? I don't know. 
I had to ask what a charter school was, Queenie. You took too much out of me. What is Osbosan? I don't know. It's not. I need to look it up. Yeah. It's the way. <laughs> What's so funny is about that is you're like, I don't have any responsibility. I'm ESL. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> don't expect so, me to know fancy. You know, something like my white friend, like whenever we hang out, she like wants me to drive her. I'm like, okay, whatever. You're being lazy and you don't care about your life. And then she'll use words like, hey, Lee, veer to the left. I'm like, if we, if you use words like veer, we're dying in a car crash. Okay, please mm-hmm. keep it simple. Um, but yeah, Oz Brosnan, I don't know. Who's, who's it's a person yeah. who's appointed to investigate individuals or complaints against malpractice. Oh, right? okay. So, but yeah, I'm using you expect it. me to know that word? Come on, Queen. Come on. <laughs> but I'm using it a little more loosely. But so, like, so, some type of go between you and your child, right? So, children. Oh, yes. <laughs> thing where they tell their parents that children children are very clear about the identity they want to present to their parents Hmm. so what I would say is when your child is fifth sixth seventh eighth grade Mm you gotta stay close don't start Mm -hmm. distancing yourself as a parent because by the time they get to eighth grade and you've Mm -hmm. dropped off between fifth and eighth because you're like oh they're a kid they can handle it now these kids can't come to you and say, I'm dating or my friend is having three mm. or my friend was behind the thing giving oral sex or wow. my friend cutting or my friend is smoking so much. Da-da-da. These are things, real life things that I just said are happening every day on school campuses, right? Mm-hmm. Selling drugs, or they're not going to tell you. So what I would say is keep your kids close and talk to them. And when they start talking about things like sex or drugs, do not have the reaction to be like you're too young we're not having that conversation because mm-hmm. that's normal. these are normal changes so talk to your kid like yeah that's that's what happens and it feels this way and this is how give them the real but talk mm-hmm. to them in a way where you go but is that what you want for your life right now are those the decisions you're ready to make wow. and that's so that's what I would say for parents and for kids I would just say, just encourage them, find somebody to talk to. And as if you're, if you're a parent, make sure you have your children's or friends' phone numbers. Because if you notice anything mm. off your kid, check in with a friend and do not, do not destroy the confidentiality of that friend with your mm. kid. Okay. Wow. So if your kid is acting out and you check in with a friend, don't go to your kid and say, well, your friend so-and-so told me, no, be smart. That's all I got, Lee, today. That's all I have. That's amazing. This is one of the most, like, enlightening interviews I've done. So can you share with us, like, how can we work with you? How can we find you online? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't work with everybody, but I do work with people who really want to level up. So if that's you and you have a child, you can work on your child's brilliancy plan. A brilliancy plan looks at the six domains of brilliance um, outside of the academic courses that really enhances your child's ability to operate in their brilliance right now and not waiting until they graduate. So if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Miss M.S. Queenie, Q-U-E-E-N-I-E dot educates on Instagram. That's the best way to contact me. Or you can hit me up at uh, 866. No, don't do that. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. You're going to be flooded with like, <laughs> parents. No, like, please, please have our kids. be ed- Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just go to Instagram guys. Um, but thank you so much. I learned so much from this. I feel like if uh, my future kids are going to be prepared now, 
Um, thank you so much for your time. You've been incredible. And I hope to have you on future podcasts. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you.